0: I'm really looking forward to doing this broadcast with you today uh, for a couple of reasons. One, right now, Taiwan and China have uh, kind of had a standoff and an election took place, which I think indicates we've got a little more time. Tensions mount, but I think God's giving us some cues here. America might have a space for uh, hope. Argentina, what's happening there? Forty percent of the world is going to elect this year somebody to lead. A lot of of fraud, a lot of cheating is going to happen but there's gonna be a lot of Argentinas and Taiwan surprising us. The trend is a movement is beginning where people want freedom and autonomy and they have a distrust of overreaching authority. Let's talk about that. And also go to lancewellnow.com forward slash summit. I've got something for you. Five experts on how to restore youth, how to um, renew your strength. For those of us in the older demographic, how you can recover things that you've lost, such as collagen levels that have died off. You can actually see your crow's feet reverse, your skin restored, nails coming back. You'll start to notice changes in your body because collagen can come back. Certain ways you can renew your youth. Uh, stem cell technology, the phenomena of what's taking place in terms of the ability to tap into the, the principle of the body's ability to heal itself. Wild stuff. You need it to start the year off smart and strong, Living longer and being stronger for the battle ahead. We need every one of you. Go to LanceWaller.com forward slash summit and uh, you can get it all on recall. If you missed the session, we've recorded it all for you. But you need to get it now because it won't be there forever. I'm going to be taking that, uh, uh, that site down uh, once, we, once we come out of this uh, next 20 days. Talk to you in a moment on the other side when we go into the broadcast. See you there. Welcome back, and by the way, I'm gonna just throw you two pictures real quick. I, our, our, my, my son just reminded me, he had been with me in China in 2012, and in uh, uh, Taiwan after Trump was elected in 2019. And so these are the pictures, actually. of You see the, you see the strength in the faces of these believers. By the way, I got a picture I wanna show you. This is me then in Taiwan. And I, I think I'm going to be able to uh, come up with. We'll see if we can get it in here. Yep, that was me doing a <laughs> doing a, a business conference. It looks like I'm in the middle of a uh, uh, my, what is that? It's like a is it is this a my motorcycle uh, parking lot? Anyway, the uh, that was Taiwan. It wasn't quite that much fun in China, but uh, the, I'll, I'll soon get a picture of the business community, and you'll see their joy and their confidence. Because I'm telling you, strong spirituality protects your nation. That's probably the punchline. And not by much, 7% of the vote, but they won different than Hong Kong that got assimilated and just rolled over. Taiwan is holding ground different strength in the spirit. All right, let's talk about strength in the spirit with some other uh, news here. I wanna cover uh, international significance, biblical perspective. On uh, the Washington Post article, Democracy Dies in Darkness, the Washington Post says, and yeah, democracy dies also with biased journalism. But the Houthi rebels strike a U.S.-owned ship off the coast of Yemen. So what has happened since January 15th that you all know about is that the, the Houthi rebels uh, and, the, and the civil war going on in Yemen, if you look at this, what the heck is Yemen? Who are the Houthis? It's you're asking a very logical question because what's happening now is principalities and powers and forces and nations are fighting each other through what's called proxies. We're, lear- we're learning a lot. I mean, we've always known these things, but we're really learning a lot more about how, this, how, how the globe works. And I think it's all in education. If you don't mind me saying, so God wants his people smarter in terms of how they engage the affairs of this life in this li- in the last days. The Houthis are under Iran. Iran is under the Prince of Persia. Remember my Daniel story? There's a dark spiritual principality working through the clergy and government elite, those two mountains, those two hierarchies, military, political, control that's happening there in, in Iran, is under the influence of this dark, dark spirit, and they want nuclear power, I believe, to strike the United States. And it's happening under the incompetent regime of Biden, which is under a dark spirit, a principality assigned to take America down uh, through lawlessness and corruption. And it's happening right before our eyes. And we're not unlike the Taiwanese. About like a desperate group of us trying to wake people up like the town crier, like a herald or a preacher while most people are under the fog of confusion, listening to different narratives, being pulled in different directions, not quite sure who to believe. But here's the point. Yemen is linked with the Saudis. Iran is linked with the Houthis. The Houthis are Shiites. The uh, Saudis are Sunnis. So you got a religious division in the Islamic world, the Sunni versus Shiite. <laughs> you have a spiritual division. The uh, more pro-West, Mohammed bin Salman. I'd say is like a Cyrus type. One open to reform and religious freedom, uh, reasonable freedoms for the people versus the Iran clerics who want to wipe Israel off the map. So you could say the angels are working with the Saudis, much as someone's gonna manifest, ah, just like angels are working with the United States in spite of the fact that we got crazy progressives trying to destroy and take over everything. But the uh, this is proxy wars. Now the reason this is a subject worth talking about is they're hitting American ships, they're hitting the sea lanes, British ships, and the, uh, and the shipping is diverting itself because even Iran is out there uh, flexing its muscles during the in the critical sea lanes that go through the Middle East so that American shipping and European shipping and other shipping is going all the way down around, uh, you know, the, the point of Africa to come back up. In other words, they're having to go alternate routes, cost more money, takes more time, is costing more it's having an impact economically, and the, and the countries are going, ah, come on. Why are we hostage to this, this, this Houthi? How many Houthis are there that, can, that under Iran can actually disrupt global trade? See how the world is connected together? So the United States, with Lindsey Graham all excited about it, sends out 19 drones, 61 missiles, 20 jets, Bam, 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 take out radar, take out targets, we know where they are, boom, 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 boom. This is what happens when you mess with, uh, uh, the, you know, a sophisticated military like the United States. They're all thumping their chests because the, the proxy war down there means that we're now getting militarily involved one step closer to taking on Iran, which would make a lot of people in our, our government happy because Iran is a threat. But here's the question. How many of you have seen your government get engaged with the border dispute happening in the United States where 15,000 unidentified, potentially dangerous foreign actors are coming over while the cartels are making money off of this, drugs are coming in, sex trafficking coming in? Prisons are being let out and the mentally deranged and the violent offenders are being brought in and given cell phones and housing and a a fast track to becoming American participants in the welfare state that is $34 trillion. The point is, and if I sound a little worked up, you look at what we're willing to militarily get involved with in a proxy war between Iran and Saudi Arabia, which is really not our battle with the Houthis in Yemen, with the Sunnis and the Shiites. This is not requiring American military intervention. We don't have a single drone striking an underground cartel better armed than the Mexican government. We don't have a single drone dealing with a threat to our own country, but we're taking bold military action in the Middle East as though we really want to stir up an engagement with Iran while we're doing a proxy war, the United States versus Russia, which we're losing in the Ukraine. We have Israel now fighting with the uh, pro-Hamas terrorist state in Gaza. What am I saying? It's a dangerous world. We need a wartime president that puts America's interests first, but knows how to telegraph a strong message to other global powers, stop messing around. Trump would be be playing with the the Houthis. They're not a threat to us. He would be saying to Iran, if you're going to play that game and you destabilize Saudi Arabia and you destabilize uh, the the parity of uh, trade going through the, uh, the area there, the Persian Gulf, et cetera, then we are going to deal with you. But here's the point. It's a spiritual planet, and nation states have these forces at work in them, and they interact with each other, and there's news layers beyond the news. So how does one pray? Well, first of all, you should see the disconnect. Bannon sees it, Charlie Kirk sees it. You'll hear it in other speakers. Why are we obsessing on engaging in Yemen, and we don't even engage on our own border? The the incongruence of that is enough to create an outrage if there only was an outrage. But our elites aren't listening to us. They don't care. So Senator Lankford is trying to find a compromise with the Democrats and say, well, maybe we'll bring in 5,000 a day and a path towards amnesty and get them working papers, those that want to work. And, And meanwhile, Trump says, build the wall and take out go through all the crazies that got in here and send them back out. You're not obligated to bring them into your living room and kick your kid out of his school so that the school can be converted into a hotel. Oh, we'll do a vetting process. Anyone that doesn't make America great, go. Are they seeking asylum, Lance? Well, yeah, if they're seeking asylum, that's a different issue. Asylum, how many of them are seeking asylum? The Biden administration, by the way, rejects you if you're a Christian seeking asylum. Oh, you know, Obama had it that way too. Muslim, radical, welcome, Christian, persecuted. Hold on now, let's think about that. That was Obama policy. All right, uh, you got what I'm talking about? Now, where, where's, where, how do you pray? People ask me that, how do you pray? Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will grant to us Wise rulers, have mercy on this country. Have mercy on this country, Lord. America has much good that it can do. Let not the enemy corrupt our ability to do good and take over our influence. I pray for a righteous move of your spirit. I pray for righteous leadership to come in. I pray for great wisdom for leaders in our country. And I pray that you will sovereignly overrule every plot and plan of the enemy to take down your people and to suppress and destroy your people, in the name of Jesus. Now, you see, you just pray along those lines, and you're just praying for the right kind of leadership. What does that automatically make you do? It makes you start thinking, well, who are the righteous? Who are the wise? Ah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Who are the right leaders? What is righteous and who are wise? And with one minute left, dare I say, the reason why America's in the conundrum of chaos that it's in is the church, refuses to be a voice of moral clarity on the issues that America is wrestling with. It somehow got off on a separate path of spiritual life and next life and optimizing this life and lost its role as a voice to the conscience of the nation, as an informed, articulate voice of moral clarity, and into that vacuum, we have a whole new morality that says, well, why can't a boy be a girl? And why can't an 11-year-old be able to have their genitals mutilated and cut off if that's what they want? And why can't we take the child away from the parent if the parent interferes with that choice of that child? See, the moral insanity that has come in is because of the silence of the leadership in the pulpit. And that also will change. We'll be right back. We're entering a period of time that has increased hostility against people of faith. It's a time when Christians are gonna be tested on a moral, physical, psychological, and even a financial basis. I'm here to remind you that God is the one who has blessed you thus far, and he will take care of you in the future. You have a divine responsibility, however, to see trouble and prepare yourself. For example, with record inflation eating away at the value of the U.S. dollar, The savings in your retirement account is in danger of slipping away. I recommend diversifying your 401k or IRA out of paper assets and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. And that includes no penalties, there's no taxes, when you transfer current retirement funds into Birch Gold. To see how it works, I want you to go to lancewellnaught.com forward slash Birch and get your free info kit, and you'll be glad that you did. Welcome back. I have a theory of the case as to where things are going globally and how to pray. I believe that sovereign, independent nations that respect the rule of law and the freedom of religion that allow Christians and Jews to be unmolested represent what Jesus refers to as the sheep nations when he returns. And those nations that are part of the one world global government that systematizes the persecution and suppression um, and um, the, uh, the Marxist subjugation of faith and religion, unless it is the new religion that is authorized by the state. That persecution of Israel and the Jew, of Christians globally, I believe that's what you call the GOATs. Jesus says when he comes back, he's going to gather the sheep, he's going to gather the goats, and then he's going to gather all the nations, and they're all going to be in one of two categories. Either they persecuted Christians and Jews, or they didn't. And the defining issue of how they treat faith is going to be how Jesus judges them, because as much as you've done to the least of these that are identified with me, you've done it to me. And Jesus is going to be judging nations as the returning Messiah with global authority. This is the Bible revelation of the end times, which by the way, everything's unfolding exactly with a peculiar, eerie consistency down to what the Bible describes as the one world economic system with digital laser-like capacity to be tattooed on the back of your hand or your forehead with, uh, with AI technology that is controlling all that's going on on the earth. It's where we're we're, the Bible's more accurate than most people realize, and it ultimately means nations will be one way or the other. And Jesus said the last days, you'll see nation against nation. and Then he goes up with love. Remember I talked to you about the spiritual realm, principalities and powers, nation against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. These kingdoms will collide. These nations will collide. And uh, that's the scenario of the last days. And, and into that, Jesus himself returns and ends history and inaugurates a new era. That's the teaching of the Bible. And so far, it's been remarkably predictive, hasn't it? So I want to go to what's happening now (laughs) on a little bit more local level. Let's bring it down to caucus. Did you see what was happening recently? It's getting to the point now where Trump is having to separate himself more distinctly from from even the folks like Vivek. A lot of controversy about Vivek. I actually like him, uh, but for some reason, Vivek got into the crosshairs of the old man this week, and Trump shot out at him. I want to tell you what it was Vivek did that caused Donald Trump to... You know, he's like the old lion. Every now and then, the young lions kind of come up and say, hey, I'm the new lion here. Everyone respect the old man, but I'm the new guy. And and the old lions go, kind of maul them and say, get back, I'm not done yet. And the younger lions have to get back. That's Trump. He said this in uh, his Truth Social, which I think he put out on Twitter also. A vote for Vivek is a wasted vote. I like Vivek, but he played it too cute with us. Caucus tonight, vote for Donald Trump, build up the numbers. In November, we must take our very troubled nation, a nation decline, back from crooked Joe Biden. Now, this was a kinder tweet or message than the original one, which was, bam, on Vivek, he's not MAGA, he's fake, he's faking you out, he's a deceptive little guy. And it was an attack. I think Trump got pushback. Because Vivek has been very supportive of Donald Trump. And he took the high ground and said, you know, wow, you know, why'd you do that? I've only been supportive. But Trump did say in an earlier text, I think I've got it. Now all he does is disguise in the form of deceitful campaign tricks. Very sly. But a vote for Vivek is a vote for the other side. Don't get duped by this guy. Vote Trump. This man is not MAGA, Vivek is not make America great again. All right, here's what happened. What was he being cute with? No one could find anything he said. Take the, show the picture here guys about the t-shirts. This is what Vivek has been telling people. He's saying, I really love Trump, but uh, save Trump, vote Vivek. It's, It's Trump's picture when he got arrested in Georgia. So, what Vivek is saying in his own cute way is Trump's never gonna make it. He's not gonna be your candidate. They're gonna lock him up. They're that bad, that wicked. I will free him. Day one. He ain't gonna make they will they will do everything in their power to take him out. Nikki Haley's gonna end up being your candidate. They've even talked, listen, people talk about assassination. If they could kill Trump. They would have done it by now, except for the hand of God preserving this man's life. Don't you think the same corrupt FBI and CIA that had its hands in whatever went on with John Kennedy that everybody seems to now believe was a setup, don't you think those same evil spirits are there would love to take Trump out? Trump's an even bigger irritant. My gosh, all that Kennedy did was he, uh, he, he distressed the CIA and the DOJ, the whole intelligence community, and all the defense contractors, and all the big businesses, and all the activists are all threatened by Trump because he's literally the wrecking ball to the Uniparty. My point is this. Trump sees, oh, Vivek's being cute. He's saying, vote for me so we can help Trump. I don't need Vivek's help. Don't split the vote. Don't water down. Trump knows He's got to get every vote because Nikki Haley in her Koch brothers 40 million is going to be trying to say, we're the number two candidate and we're really the hope for the future. So I just want you to know, that's what happened. That's what caused the old man to go ballistic when he saw the t-shirt and he said, that's cute, but I'm going to come down on it right now. All right, so uh, what's, what, uh, what we do know about Iowa And it's, you know, kind of like we all know what's going on there now, is that Iowa is, this is the other thing, I only got five minutes, i got to say this, just remind you, the progressive Marxist-Democrat uniparty of elites, they know that their policy with an open border is not popular, but why don't they do something about it? Why do they tolerate it? Why do they jump up and down over January 6th and stop the, stop the trains, ring the city with the National Guard that they wouldn't put out when Trump wanted it, protect us from the crazy Trump people, all show and theater. Why were they able to organize around the January 6th festival of the um, insurrection? but we can't get our border shut down because they have no desire to shut down the border. They're importing these people. It's, it, it's the uniparty's choice. They're acting like they represent you, but they've done nothing. War in the Ukraine, that's the number one issue. Not our own flipping border. Anyway, my point is this. America is hemorrhaging uh, because the elites don't listen to the people. And that's the reason why the people are going to rise up against the elites in this next season. Now, uh, Nikki Haley, part of the uh, concern has been that they're cro- you know they have crossover, allowing same day of party registers to vote. I'm wondering how many crossover votes showed up for Nikki Haley because the argument they want to make is you got to put her in as your running partner. And so we have Trump and Haley, um, and uh, then, then you can unify the party, and the never-Trumpers can hope to get rid of Trump. Kind of like uh, there's a lot of people trying to get rid of Biden right now. Oh, by the way, I had some interesting data. but just a minute here uh, to talk about it. I wish I, wish I could um, get into it, because there, there's an insight here. Trump leads his Republican opponents. We all know that. 72% of Republican adults are satisfied with Trump as a nominee, Um, you know, and uh, 61% are satisfied with Ron DeSantis. That's an interesting statement. That's what keeps Ron in the game. But Nikki Haley only has 48%. Now, she has it high in New Hampshire and in Carolina and in Iowa, which is is interesting enough. That's the bing, bing, bing game she's playing. But only 48%. DeSantis is more popular than Haley. Because I think the whiff test of the Republican Party is DeSantis will fight in spite of all the arguments. He's a deep state or I think, I think it's ill-informed, not smart. I don't think he's in the, in the hip pocket of the deep state. He wouldn't be the effective governor he is in Florida. No, but Haley, she's a double agent. So Nikki Haley doesn't have it. Uh, but uh, Chris Christie, you know, uh, withdrew. And most of his votes went to Nikki; they didn't go to Trump, obviously, because he's a you know, Chris. He's a, a never-Trump windbag. All right. So, uh, but the other facts I want you to get here, which I think are important, a college degree. College is so weird now; it's such a it's such a place, a petri dish of viral ideas that mess you up. That uh, the average working class guy has more common sense about what the future is. Than the sophisticate that's living in the coast, dealing with the uh, you know the tech community, the four-year college degree people are less likely than the high school graduate uh, to support Trump. Most strikingly, twenty-seven percent of those with a college degree say Trump best understands the problems of people like them, compared with fifty-seven percent of those without a four-year degree. Yeah, no kidding. Trump's the working class guy. So there's, uh, I want you to hear this. White evangelical Protestants is a core group where where there are 11 points less apt than their non-evangelical counterparts to say Trump represents their values. 40% versus 51%. This is interesting. Uh, The uh, woke religious churches and the evangelicals obviously have a difference. But let me ask you what this means. Trump's overall favorability rating is higher among evangelicals than other religious groups, suggesting they're using a different gauge. And it's not, does he represent our values? That's the argument that evangelicals and, and religious people use to shame Christians. Oh, is, why are you supporting Trump? It's because, I would suggest, Trump better understands the battle America is in and represents the solution. It's not their values, it's his strategy that they believe in. All right, that's the end of the show for today. We'll be back again next week. Hope you got something out of it. Did you enjoy this latest episode? Please remember to share it with your friends because the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to navigate the world.